This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer Al Castle. Back with you in a moment, going to be joined by contributing writer Brian Solomon, and we've got a lot to talk about coming off a very newsworthy uh, few days in pro wrestling. The 2020 Royal Rumble is in the books, and we've got uh, a little more of a clear picture of what we'll be seeing at WrestleMania coming up in April. Uh, Drew McIntyre winning the Men's Royal Rumble, Charlotte winning the Women's Royal Rumble, the return of Edge, that was huge news, and then the fallout um, from it all on Monday night. We talk uh, about all of it and uh, look ahead to WrestleMania, kind of uh, uh, start to uh, put together what the card uh, is shaping up to look like. And, um, you know, the, the age-old question whether it is, in fact, WrestleMania-worthy and what that means. So a conversation, a fun conversation uh, with Brian coming up. And then uh, later on, another conversation with another big newsmaker uh, back on the podcast, PCO, the newly crowned Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. It's been uh, a little less than a year since I last talked to PCO for an interview here on the podcast and also a, a hot seat feature in one of our magazines. And at the time, he talked a lot about, you know, uh, uh, still looking to accomplish his lifelong dream of winning a heavyweight title in a major wrestling organization. And sure enough, at the very uh, end of 2019, he did just that when he beat Roosh to win the Ring of Honor heavyweight title at Final Battle. Um, we talk about whether... It did, in fact, live up it to his uh, expectations, and also I think some some pretty candid talk about the state of Ring of Honor. Uh, it's had some challenges as of late. Uh, what he thinks he can do to uh, reverse some of that, and um, he talks about what what he sees as the future of Ring of Honor. So, uh, a fun conversation. Uh, stay tuned for that. Right now, let me tell you about the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is. The Year in Wrestling, and uh, you may know by now, on the cover is our 2019 Wrestler of the Year, as uh, picked by you, the readers of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is Adam Cole, the reigning NXT champion. I think that's a, a, another big newsmaker. Uh, not a lot. I think it's the first time ever uh, that we've had an NXT wrestler as our Wrestler of the Year. It speaks to what a wild, crazy, dynamic year in wrestling 2019 uh, was. And if you want to dig into all of it, uh, go to pwi-online.com and pick up the year in wrestling. It's the April 2020 issue. Um, it's got all the awards, everything from rookie of the year to feud of the year, match of the year, wrestler of the year, uh, the Stanley Weston Award, Lifetime Achievement uh, Award uh, that we uh, gave to Steve Austin uh, this year. Uh, I had a blast talking to Steve. Uh, parts of my interview are in the magazine and so much more. You know, the, the year in review with tons of photos that uh, you've never seen before. The uh, unofficial official awards, which always are a lot of fun. Top 10 stories of 2019. Um, title histories. Staff picks for their memories of uh, 2019. And, and just a ton. You know, it, it is one of our biggest issues, our uh, uh, most popular issues 
of the year, certainly a collector's edition, and you don't want to uh, miss yours. So whether you want to buy just the one issue, uh, the print copy, or the digital edition, um, you can do that at pwi-online.com. Uh, if you uh, subscribe, that's really the way to go. The longer you subscribe, the deeper the savings. You can get half off uh, the cover price. Uh, now it's available on amazon.com uh, as well. So if you go over to Amazon and, and search out Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you can get uh, a version that is customized for your Kindle. Uh, so tons of options now to for you to uh, check out what we're doing here now in our 41st year of publication. And uh, we're really excited for everything um, that we're going to have here in 2020. So again, pwi-online.com is the place uh, to go. Also, uh, you could uh, reach us at pwi at publishing.com uh, uh, with any uh, questions, uh, concerns, topics related to the magazine or anything uh, else. You could also email us here directly on uh, the podcast at pwipodcast at outlook.com. Uh, you can pick up the official Pro Wrestling Illustrated t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Uh, what else can you do on your computer? You can subscribe to the podcast, which would be great, uh, either on I the iTunes store at Podbean, which has been our host for a number of years now, um, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And uh, we'd certainly appreciate a kind review if you enjoy the work that we're doing here. Um, and you could follow us on social media. Um, find us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at official PWI. I was back on the Twitter account Sunday night, live tweeting on the Royal Rumble. Always fun to connect uh, with fans. And to talk more about the Royal Rumble, let's bring in PWI contributing writer Brian Solomon. All right, uh, right now joined by PWI contributing writer Brian Solomon. How are you, Brian? I'm doing okay, Al. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, joining us once again. And uh, we're just coming off of the Royal Rumble the official uh, beginning to, of the road to WrestleMania. Uh, first, just overall overview, what, what do you think of the show? I thought it was one of the better Rumbles, I have to say. And it was kind of funny because usually these days with Twitter and everything, when you, you get used to getting really excited about a show you like, and then you go on social media and you go, oh, everybody hated it. Wow. But, but this time it really didn't seem that way. It seemed like the general consensus was that this was one of the the better rumbles. And, you know, I would, I would have to say that, that it was, I mean, I, I thought that both of them were very well paced. The women's one, the men's one, the title matches were great. I mean, you know, Brock, the whole extended spot with Brock in the rumble, you know, leading to him getting eliminated by McIntyre, I thought was brilliant and just a fantastic way to get McIntyre over and just like kind of milk the, the heat out of the crowd. It was, it was just a really well put together show altogether. Yeah, I, I really agree, and uh, yeah, I think most people are, are on the same page about it. The men's rumble in particular, I think, went over really well. And even rumbles, men's rumbles in the past that have been uh, good or exciting, they have a way of just kind of all blending together when you look back at them. It's, it's hard to remember what was unique about 2016 versus 2017. Um, I think this one will be memorable because of that, because really it was almost two different matches, the first half of it being... The really unique take they had on it with with Brock running through everyone, um, and because of that, it it made uh, the elimination from Drew all the, the more memorable. And then the second half was more of a traditional Rumble, but but really well executed. And then um, obviously the the return of Edge was uh, as big a a comeback, a, a Rumble surprise. I mean, there were rumors out there about it. I don't think it was a total surprise to to folks in the know, but really well executed, a, a huge pop. 
and uh, I, I liked it quite a bit as well. So now um, some of the pieces are starting to come together for WrestleMania. Um, Joe McIntyre confirmed last night that he'll be challenging Brock Lesnar for the title. Uh, what do you think of him as, you know, in, in this spot? On, on one hand, certainly for a long time, fans, myself included, have been clamoring for some new blood at the top of the cards. Uh, yet I can't help but feel like this one uh, caught folks a, a little bit by surprise. And, and I don't know that a whole lot of people had Drew McIntyre winning the Rumble or challenging for the world title at WrestleMania. So I think there's a feeling of... Um, I don't know if it's a matter of, of Drew being ready, but it's almost the, the fans not being ready for this, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's something different. You know, it's like you said, the rumbles start to blend together after a while. And I've always felt like, how about instead of just the usual cast of characters winning every year, you know, use it as a tool to really get somebody over to a degree that they're not over already. And that's kind of what they did. Um, I mean, he's been he's been due for this for a long time. I mean, everybody knows... He was kind of slated as a favorite years ago when he first came in and it didn't quite work out. And I have to say, since he came back, I have not been the hugest fan. I just feel like he's been kind of dull. I haven't been crazy about how they presented him, you know, like with Ziggler and, and other teams that he's been in. It's just been kind of boring. And I feel like now with him on this solo run, you know, as a, as a face, it, it just, it feels really fresh and exciting. And it's kind of like what they probably should have been doing with him from when he first came back. But is, is that, you know, him being put in, in this position, is that in and of itself enough to change the way fans uh, view him? Because I'm with you. I mean, I think he's been kind of a lukewarm character um, for a while. And the, the upside is clear, right? I mean, great looking guy, great size. He's, he's tall. He's got the long hair. He's got a great body. Uh, he, he can certainly work uh, in the ring. But I, I think most people would agree that there's something missing there. Uh, I don't know if it's charisma. It's, it's just uh, a, another dimension. Uh, and I don't know that you can force it, uh, you know, just by putting him in that position. I, I, I wonder if there's the potential, at least, for, for some of kind of the the Roman Reigns backlash if the the narrative is that he is now the, the new chosen one, which ironically was a gimmick years ago. Right, right. And, and it's kind of weird how it is these days because, you know, <laughs> how the heck do you create a new star if the crowd is going to reject any time they feel that you're trying to create a new star? You know, it's, almost like, it's almost like the fans are saying, no, 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 we get to pick. You don't get to pick. So it's like they're playing this weird game with their fan base of, how can we play the, the Jedi mind trick on these people to make them think that they got this guy over instead of us? And I feel like McIntyre is, like you said, I mean, yes, he could go either way. He's got all the tools. There's like an X factor that seems to somehow be missing. But I think he's one of those people that with the, all it takes is the right push, the right creative can make that guy into a megastar, whereas average creative he can't really carry it. So like he need like like what they did in the Rumble, like what I said there with, with Brock and everything. That was perfect, perfect. People were so ready for somebody to toss Brock out. Like they weren't even thinking of McIntyre. And then when he did it, he became their favorite person on the planet. Like in that moment. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And by the, uh, I don't know that folks would even have had him in that final four or final six. Um, I, I think you know when Brock was tossing guys for that first half of the match and and. 
because that was the formula, they were going to load up that first half with more mid-card guys. So um, right. I think he just blended in with all the other mid-carders, right? So I don't, I don't know that there was any, you know, a, a, a notch uh, certainly above Shelton Benjamin and those types, but I don't know that folks would have seen him as much higher or, or worthy of being protected than um, other guys who got eliminated. Like, well, I guess he didn't eliminate Ricochet, but, you know, John Morrison, who's, who's back and kind of getting a push. Um, so when you toss him out, yeah, I think it gave him some instant credibility um, that, you know, I know that he's a top guy, but he could be a top guy. And he's one of those guys who's really big, but it doesn't, I don't know that it totally comes through um, it, just watching him on TV. So I, I don't think fans ever really thought of him as like this this true heavyweight or super heavyweight, a guy who can look eye to eye with, with Brock. I think he's probably taller than Brock, right? And um, I think so. is strong enough to, to, to manhandle him. So that did give him uh, instant credibility. Uh, but how about in terms of a WrestleMania main event? It's one thing to, to win um, uh, the Rumble, even though the, the two go together. But is, is that a, a marquee WrestleMania main event, in, in your opinion, uh, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre? I think they have a little bit more work cut out for them than usual but they can make it a marquee main event. I mean, that's why they have these creative people on payroll. You know, that's their job. So, like, if you have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, great. Instant main event. You don't have to do anything. Just these two guys are in it, and boom, everybody buys it as a main event. They're also bored to tears, right? So you, so you, have, to, you have to take a gamble and try something different. And the only way that works is if you have to sit down and say, okay, we have to get this over. We have to actually work to make this happen. It can't just be based on the reputation of these guys. So I think they can do that. And I think they've started doing it already. I mean, people didn't see it coming unless you heard, you know, internet rumors and things. If you're just an average fan, you did not see that coming. You saw Drew McIntyre as just another mid-carder, maybe an upper mid-carder. Then when he tosses Brock out, I mean, I popped, okay? I popped. And I've been watching wrestling for, you know, 30-plus years. So and I did not see it coming, even though I had heard kind of rumblings of rumors that he might win. And I still didn't really buy it. And then when that happened, uh, I just I just really I reacted purely like a fan in that moment. Yeah, I, I uh, I've always said that I think WWE's creative team, their, their writers for, for all the flack that they get. And I think often uh, deservedly so really bring their A game this time of year, um, leading into WrestleMania and and I think beginning with the Rumble. So, you know, from from the moment that they they announced Brock was going to be in the Rumble and at number one, which I think a lot of people kind of scratch their heads over, they started to tell the story. And I, I think, uh, yeah, so far so good. I mean, I, I love stories that have like this intricate kind of. Uh, bit of detail, but but everything was set up so well from him being number one, tossing everybody out, Drew coming in, the surprise. So um, that's all great. Uh, I, I guess the, the next step of that is what we saw on Raw last night, which it, it, it was fine. You know, Drew comes out, he he cuts the promo, makes it clear that he is challenging Brock Lesnar, uh, gets himself in a, a two-on-one handicap match with um, Gallows and, and Anderson, and uh, then, then the exchange with Brock at the end, where he gets the F5. I mean, that was pretty by the number stuff it it's certainly going to take more than that kind of thing i think to um to to get fans uh, excited for this as as a wrestlemania a main event and and i think we we need to know more about drew i mean 
I, I sort of wonder why they don't do this uh, more often, but but this kind of feels like the the kind of um, uh, circumstance that would call for those old JR sit down interviews like he did with with Foley and some others. Let's let's sit down with Drew McIntyre and and get to know him a little bit more. You know who he is, sure. the person. Um, but but yeah, they they struggle a ton with uh, baby faces, and I think as you touched on, yeah, once like. You, you you announce the fans like this is our top baby face. The backlash uh, begins. It, it it shouldn't, and, and I think right. it's, it's a little right. more nuanced than that. I mean, I, I I don't think that's always the case. I know that was sort of Seth Rollins' excuse for for uh, being booed out the building, and I and I think there was a lot more to it than that. But I but I do think having that stamped on you that you know you're the company guy um, sometimes can be more more an albatross than, than anything else. So um, we will see. Uh, the, the other big news, I touched on it coming out of uh, the Royal Rumble, the, the return of Edge, gone for nine years, and um, some follow-up with him last night on Raw as well, the exchange with Randy Orton, and it's clear that I guess that's a direction that they're going for WrestleMania. Um, your thoughts on, on the return of, of Edge, what it could mean um, for the company? On, on one hand, again, like another injection of, of, of a new face. On the other hand, that face is 46 years old. It's got a lot more gray hair than we saw uh, nine years ago. Uh, but he looked great on Sunday night. Hey, so I'm 45 years old. So let's not start. You know, I have a lot of I have a lot of potential as well. But anyway, no. But Ed, Edge, I mean, he looked great. Look, I mean, other people said this too. I'm not going to jump on this bandwagon, but he looked a hell of a lot better than Jericho. I mean, physically. I mean, the, the guy was on point. Yes, he has a little gray hair. Fine, but he looks terrific. He looks. Like he's ready to go. I mean, I don't. I did not ever expect to see this. I'm sure a lot of people didn't. It felt like his retirement was final, like it was a Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of situation. Like my neck is just, that's the end of it. And I have to say, I mean, without, I don't know all the details of how he got cleared and all that, but I, it does make me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Sure. Thinking like, wow, if this guy takes one wrong shot to the head or something like I don't know, but but then I feel like I, they never would have cleared him unless they were 110 percent sure that he's fine. I mean, it's it's great to have him back. He's he's got charisma. He's sort of like, especially for the current fan base, he's like a blast from the past. He's a little bit of nostalgia, but somebody that can still go. You know, he's like something. I mean, when you think about it, he's been gone for like eight or nine years now. So the average fan, if you're like in your 20s, you know, I hate this makes me sound ancient. You, like you remember Ed from when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this guy retired when I was in middle school. Wow, it's great he's back. So I mean, it's it's good to have him back. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. I mean, I don't I don't think they would. It, it, it's crazy because you remember the circumstances under which he left, and there was such an urgency. Remember, he wrestled yeah. on on Sunday night uh, at WrestleMania, defended the world title, and then uh, it wasn't Raw, but it was I guess uh, SmackDown. But it was you know three days later, something like that. He was retiring right now, you know, and and the, I remember the tone of it was like, the doctor said, one more bump and you're you could be paralyzed. So it went from, right. from that kind of urgency to he's there just bumping around on on Sunday night, and you know, no no obvious precautions. Um, I mean, he he was as physical as anybody, and then last night on on Raw certainly, uh, and I know there's there's all kinds of smoke and mirrors, um, but you know, taking the concerto from from Randy Orton. Um, the, the flip side of that is that that and again, I, I think WWE's creative team uh, really kind of starting to, to bang on all cylinders here heading into WrestleMania. Clearly, they know that there is an awareness among fans uh, about mm-hmm. the, the reality of, of uh, his neck injury and are playing into that. And I think in a really smart way where 
you know, an, another. It's, it's not the first time we've seen some vicious assault from from Randy Orton, but because uh, we know of the the the, the real life uh, injury here, I, I think it really elevated uh, that angle where the the atmosphere in the arena last night for Raw was true kind of shock when fans saw uh, them. And and I, I don't know. I mean. It's it's not to say that they think it's real, but just from a storyline perspective, you know how serious it was, and that Randy Orton would stoop so low to att- attack the neck, he, you know what a dirtbag. Yeah, and we're off to the races. I think with the modern fan, you know, it's not so much like oh they're going to think this is real, but I do think they're going to think oh my god, I hope they don't screw this up and paralyze this guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think there there is an element of that where. You know, they know what they're watching is a storyline, but they're thinking like, wow, is this really safe? Is he going to be okay? And it does generate interest. I mean, clearly done for a reason and gets a lot of heat on on Orton and just get kind of gets the feud going. And, you know, I'll admit it, like, like I said, even myself, I'm, uh, it makes you a little nervous thinking like, wow, I really hope they know what they're doing here. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think of where Randy Orton is at uh, uh, these days? You know, I... I, I mentioned him in uh, my latest column um, in, in PWI because his was one of the names on the, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame ballot this year, and uh, I did not vote for him. And, you know, he's one of these guys where you, you look at the, the resume, and it's as impressive as it gets, right? Multiple world titles, Royal Rumble victories. You know, he's been number one in the PWI 500. Again, every accolade you could have. But also... When I think of the last, uh, just the last 10 years, and he's been around longer than that, I don't know that I could come up with, like, a, a bunch of great Randy Orton matches. And what I do remember is that time after time when he was put in some uh, a big spots, certainly WrestleMania world title matches, they've disappointed. You know, whether it was um, uh, AJ Styles last year or Bray Wyatt a couple years ago or... Triple H a few years ago, uh, you know, in, in those big spots, you know, there there is a Randy Orton kind of match the way there there is a Triple H kind of match, and it's not always the most exciting thing in the world. And I also think Randy Orton, you know, I, I he's sort of like the, the the Frankenstein's monster, and I guess you're a good guy to talk to about that um, of of uh, uh, WWE in that I think this is a he's a hundred percent like a WWE corporate creation follows the script mm-hmm. to the letter um, and has, has certainly like achieved some heights because of that. But the, the flip side of that is, I don't know. I think that, that, that uh, we've seen the ceiling and uh, to me, maybe my mind gets changed, but to me, it, it, when I think of Randy Orton's career in totality, there's a, there's a little bit of me that thinks that he's, he underachieved certainly in the second half of his career. I don't think that he underachieved, but, and of course now Orton's going to listen to this, I'm going to have the heat with Orton, he's going to be tweeting at me, that's fine, I can handle it. But here's the thing, I think he, you know, he's got every tool you could think of on paper. He's got the look, he's, he's good in the ring, he's good on a promo, he's, you know, he can have a good match, he's got it all. But I think it's like, it's almost like a little too perfect. Like he's a little too cookie cutter. And I also think he suffers from the whole, like he is the perfect product of the post territories, post Monday night wars era, where there's literally nowhere else for these guys to go. At least if they want to make a really good living and you have guys like Orton, which never would have happened in the past, spending 18 years. Let me repeat that 18 years working for the same company 
that never would have happened. And so, yes, you stagnate when you don't. I mean, yeah, there are other places to go, but but but, but nothing at the level, at least maybe until very recently, of WWE, just nothing. So so he stayed put, and then you know people get used to you. You just become like, oh, it's Randy Orton again, you know. And and I think part part of that is not his fault. It's really not, but. It's what happens. There's other guys on the list that, that also suffered from that too, but, but he's probably the number one uh, candidate because I don't think he, he ever got to be the top guy because of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the best Randy Orton has been um, that the, the, the sadistic, you know, uh, Viper, and they've gone back and forth with him uh, over the years too. And I guess most recently he was actually a babyface. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I suppose officially now he is, he is not once again. Um, I do think this is the best role for him. I do think that even though he's one of these guys that the fans are always going to cheer to some extent because he's a star, um, there's a fondness uh, for him uh, after 18 years. But uh, I liked, you know, I, I liked that kind of empty stare, dead-eyed Randy Orton, uh, you know, uh, going after Edge's neck. So if you told me that Edge was coming back for a, a feud with Randy Orton, I don't know that I would have been terribly excited, but... After Monday night, uh, yes, I am intrigued where, where this goes. Uh, other stuff coming out of uh, the Royal Rumble, the, the Fiend retains uh, against uh, Daniel Bryan. Thankfully, no red light. To me, he, he, uh, that little thing, one little thing, was such a huge improvement. Uh, I don't know who was behind it, if that was Daniel Bryan just insisting, no, I'm not working in a damn red light anymore. Uh, but that it went a long, long way. Um, retains, and, and I guess the word is, uh, Roman Reigns versus Dan versus the Fiend is is likely for for WrestleMania. Uh, I I'm so uh, I don't want to say over, but I I'm just not a fan of the Fiend character. I, it, it was red hot when it um, uh, when they they I was actually at NASCAR Coliseum where where it was the first appearance of the Fiend uh, some time back, and you know the fans loved it, and it was different, and the the Firefly Funhouse uh, certainly a completely different presentation than fans had seen before. Uh, but to me, the and it was the case again on Sunday night, and I think Daniel Bryan got as good a match as anybody could under the circumstances, but that character is just so limiting, um, you know, when basically yeah. the gimmick is he's not going to sell for anybody, <laughs> you know, just about yeah. anything. Like, I don't know how much you could do with it. If the plan is for Roman Reigns to be the guy to, you know, Superman punch him, knock him out and get the pin, uh, you know, it certainly puts me in a position of, of cheering on, you know, strongly uh, Roman Reigns. So what do you think about that match? And what do you think about kind of where, where the fiend is at right now? I think, yes, like you said, very hot, but it's a short term character. And I felt that way at the time. It's almost like in a very different way. It's like an orange Cassidy thing where it's like, yeah. Oh, great pop, really cool, really different. Wow. No one's doing that. But it's like, where could we really go with this? And the problem is, you know, look, look, Seth Rollins tried to literally murder him in the ring. And not only could he not pin him, he couldn't even hurt him. You know, he's hitting him with like monkey wrenches and cinder blocks or whatever else. And he's no selling it like he's Michael Myers. You know what I mean? Like nothing's happening. So why am I supposed to buy it? Why should I care? Oh, Daniel Bryan has him in a wrestling hold. I wonder if he's going to submit. Of course he's not going to submit. The guy's like, the guy can't be hurt. So all suspense is gone and nothing makes sense because then if somebody does hurt him and beat him, like, well, how the hell did he do that when Seth Rollins couldn't hurt him with, with a lead pipe? You know, I'm waiting for somebody to pull a gun on the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's look, you know, whether it's the Road Warriors or the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, it's not the first time that you've had somebody who the gimmick is essentially 
that he's going to no-sell. This does feel different, you know, because even the Road Warriors didn't take the kind of punishment that, that the Fiend right. uh, at the hands of Seth Rollins. And, and yeah, it gets to just sort of beat to the point, like, okay, so what you're saying is that this guy is immortal and, and cannot be stopped. Um, it does feel like maybe there was realization that they took that too far and, and they dialed it back, and, and you did see more vulnerability, I think, in that, this last match with Daniel Bryan than you have uh, in a while. But, uh, you know, in the end, he still just snaps right back up. And, and um, yeah. So, uh, and I just, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of things that, that just aren't clicking uh, with me and, and, and that character. Um, some of it is just aesthetically i'm not crazy about it um you know bray white got in really good shape uh for for the comeback i think he's put some of those pounds uh, back on i don't i don't think it's um it's a huge hindrance but i think it's noticeable uh and i just don't know i mean it's very kind of cartoonish there's a place for that but it's not it's not clicking with me you know i don't know what their metrics say you know t-shirt sales action figure sales i don't know maybe maybe uh, he's doing a lot better than I, I think he is. Um, what else? Let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the women. Charlotte wins the, uh, the the women's Royal Rumble, which is also a lot of fun. Not not quite as good, I think, as the men's Royal Rumble, but but certainly better than last year's women's uh, Royal Rumble. Um, Becky retains. Uh, there's some talk out there that the match will actually be Charlotte and Shayna Baszler. Uh, I, I don't know if it's clear who, who Becky would go against. I'm sure the dream would be Ronda Rousey. I don't know if that's uh, if if that's possible right now, I don't know what negotiations are. Uh, but but where uh, where do you see the women's picture heading into WrestleMania now? Well, first of all, I loved you know I, I loved Charlotte going over in the Royal Rumble. Just even just for the kind of full circle idea of you have a father and a daughter winning the Royal Rumble. It's just kind of a cool idea. And somebody, one of the announcers, I think it might have been Corey Graves. He said something I can't quite remember, but it was a play on Flair's. Uh, with a, uh, with a eye, I think yes, yeah. but he didn't say with a tear in, in her eye. He said something different, but it was sort of like that. I thought that was a really nice touch, and you know, it's something good for her to give her because look, the women's scene now in WWE is in a very good way. Is getting very crowded. You know, you got the influx of NXT, which for my money is the best women's division in wrestling right now, and it's it's hard to kind of stand out because of that. You know, and it's like. Uh, it, something like that kind of keeps her in the conversation. I love Shayna Baszler. I think she's got amazing potential. I mean, I would love to see a match like that. Um, so, I mean, I, I just don't want to see a repeat of what happened last year. That's my problem, where you build it up so much, then it winds up disappointing for a variety of reasons, some you know out of anyone's control, and then it gets people kind of poo-pooing women's wrestling again. I feel like you, you got to be very careful you know, because people are just waiting to say, see, we told you, we told you that women couldn't carry this and a women's match couldn't carry this show and all this stuff. So I think they just have to be maybe a little more cautious this time than they were last year. Yeah. So uh, overview, WrestleMania, and, and again, this is some speculation, but uh, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar at, at the top, I, I would assume, for, for the uh, WWE Championship. Fiend uh, and Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Edge and Randy Orton, Charlotte and uh, Shayna Baszler, presumably for the NXT title. I don't know if that that you know I haven't even thought about what that means for the uh, the NXT Women's title. I refer to the uh, the SmackDown Women's title. Maybe Charlotte wins it between now and then, and and it's a title for title thing. Who knows? Um, and 
you know, it's Becky and, and Ronda. Again, some speculation there. Uh, but if that's sort of the big picture, uh, is is that, you know, WrestleMania worthy as as uh, as far as you can tell? That That's sort of like a thing that gets thrown out every year. You know, it's like everybody said, it, well, is it WrestleMania worthy? And I almost feel like people say that, not, not talking about you, Al, mm-hmm. but people in general. People say that because they just get so used to WWE throwing out the same people every year in the same positions. And when you shake it up a little bit, it gets people kind of worried. I say, bring it on. You know, I say it's a good thing. It's like, look, if you look at this objectively, if somebody told you uh, that the main event of the first ever WrestleMania, you would have no title match and it would be a tag team match with Hulk Hogan, Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. You probably have people in 1985 saying like, that's a terrible main event. They could do way better than that. There's much hotter. It should be Piper and Hogan one-on-one. There'd be people second guessing, you know, to the moon, but, but it works. You know, it's like, it's just a matter of how they present it and how, you know, how you get there. And I think with the players they have on the board right now, they do have the makings for a very memorable WrestleMania, one that's going to stand out because it's different. Yeah. I think one thing that's been added to the WrestleMania conversation in the last certainly 10 years and probably longer than, than that, uh, that wasn't a consideration in those early WrestleManias, really the first half, first third, is uh, work rate, for, for the lack of a better word, right? I mean, that, now I think um, certainly post Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, you know, th- those guys, uh, there's an expectation that it, it's not just about marquee value, but we want some really good matches. You know, we, we, we want that four-star, five-star uh, match at, at the top. Um, and... You know, frankly, it's been a little while since they they. It used to be almost an automatic that that certainly through the Shawn Michaels era, I think to some extent with with Cena as well and some others that that WrestleMania main event was going to be in the running for for match of the year, if not match of the year, uh, in part because it's just a WrestleMania stage, but also because you were going to get you know that that twenty five thirty minute epic dramatic uh, match. And um, I think they, they've aimed for that sometimes in, in the last few years. And some have made it there, but it's been very inconsistent. You know, I thought Daniel Bryan and Kofi was, was great last year, but that wasn't the, the main event of WrestleMania, the, the three-way women's match. Uh, less so. Uh, do, I mean, do you see those matches, and, and does anything jump off the page to you as, as a match that can be, you know, marquee value aside, but, but in the ring deliver as a great match? I think Charlotte and Shayna Baszler could, because I think, you know, I've, I've said this a lot. I think Charlotte Flair is all around one of the best athletes and performers that WWE has right now, male or female, period. And Shayna Baszler, you know, obviously, I mean, not, nothing even needs to be said, you know, how good she is, how convincing she is, how believable she is. I think that could be an interesting meshing of styles. I also think, you know, I'm one of these people, look, where, Work rate is not everything to me. It's just I've been waiting for years for, like, the anti-work rate backlash to happen <laughs> because it's like, you know, post-Shawn Michaels, every, every match now has to be in the main event has to be this five-star technical classic. And, look, um, that, that's not, you know, that's not always the job of the main event, you know. It, it's like you get to the point where it's like what I call, like, the New Japan syndrome where it's like every big match is incredibly exciting 
and they're all exactly the same, at least to me. Like, you know, and maybe that's my bias or whatever. It's like sometimes you need the match that's that's just larger than life. You need the Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant match. You know, but like, I, and I've had this conversation with people that people will will really dump on the Meltzer method of rating matches, and I don't, you know, for the reason they do that, and I don't always agree with them, is they say, look. You can't just judge a match just on the work rate of the match. Like, like yes, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat was the best work rate-wise match of WrestleMania three, but the best match on the card, storyline-wise, drama-wise, selling the show, selling tickets, is Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. So, you know, and, and if you're looking at it from that point of view, that's match of the year. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I was in um, MetLife Stadium last year for WrestleMania, and they opened with. Brock Lesnar and, and Seth Rollins, which I think was a surprise for a lot of fans. And it was over in whatever it was, uh, you know, a minute with that low blow. And um, I don't think anybody in the building was upset about it. You know, I mean, they, they exploded. It was a big reaction. Nobody saw it coming um, for, for what they were trying to do. They did it perfectly. And, and uh, I guess another in, in a similar vein uh, match that comes to mind is when they did uh, Brock and, and Goldberg a few years ago. It's yeah. a series. And Goldberg just ran through him, and it was incredible. I mean, everybody's jaw was on on uh, the floor, and it was perfect. It's different. That, that was for for what they were doing. That was a five star match. So yeah, it was uh, yeah, different. It was different, you know. Yeah, uh, but I do wonder what what else you know. Looking at those as a potential uh, four or five top matches at WrestleMania, we haven't even mentioned Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins. So there's certainly no uh, a shortage of of guys who could deliver in the ring, uh, that, that work weight, work rate quotient. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how they mix them up. You know, AJ comes out of the rumble, um, with, with an injury. So hopefully he'll be around. Daniel Bryan is, is, uh, I think, you know, close to his a game right now. Uh, and, and looking inspired. I hope they have something for, for him. Uh, maybe some of these, you know, brand walls come down so we can mix and match some of these guys and, uh, whether it's Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, something with you know those three guys, I think in particular jump out at me as uh, uh, guys who who need something special at WrestleMania. Uh, so we'll see. Um, so uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm I'm going. We just decided that last week, so I'll be in Tampa in a, a few weeks for it. Looking forward to it. Uh, certainly, the weather will be better than it was in New Jersey last year. So. <laughs> Anything's better than New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Brian, thank you so much. This is a real pleasure. Good to have you uh, on, and we'll do it again real soon. You're welcome. My pleasure as always. Okay, have a good one, man. I want to thank Brian Solomon once again for joining me on the show. You could follow everything he's doing at his Twitter, at Brian R. Solomon. And uh, he's written a bunch of, of books on wrestling and other fun pop culture stuff. Uh, he's, got, he's working on a biography for the uh, original Sheik right now. That's going to be coming up in 2021. Uh, so thanks again to Brian. Right now, let's go to uh, my interview with the ring, reigning Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. He's going to be part of a, a number of big shows that Ring of Honor has got coming in the next several weeks, uh, including on February 9th, Free Enterprise, which is a free show. So if you're in the Baltimore area or can get there, you might want to check them out. This is PCO. turned out real well and i remember at the time you kind of uh talking uh in sort of secret terms about this plan that you had and and uh, how you, you hope to accomplish it soon and sure enough by the uh, the end of the year you've won the ring of honor 
World Heavyweight title. Can, can you talk now about, you know, was that the vision? Was that sort of the master plan all along, and did it live up to your expectations? Well, uh, it was a plan uh, since I was, like, 14 years old. So uh, it was not like a plan that I I knew what I was going to do in order to get there. It was just that I knew the end result, but I just trusted life to uh, to get me there, just working hard, uh, doing every day what I, I control and what I can be good at and make sure I'm disciplined and I'm focused and I put all my energy towards that goal and that, that's my main priority in life. When I say main priority, uh, there's no other, really other priorities other than my daughter. So uh, my family, my daughter, but other than that, you know, all my energy, all my time, all my focus, it, it was uh, it's put on my career. And I'm trying to, uh, now that I became uh, Ring of Honor world champion, now I, uh, I've got a, I gotta go all the way with my goal, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, halfway there, basically. Yeah. Did it take uh, on on your part a lot of convincing, lobbying to Ring of Honor uh, shot callers, decision makers, <sighs> to get them to see your vision, or were they on board uh, right away? I mean, did did they see something in you that they thought, yes, this is this could work? You know what? Uh, I've heard and I've lived so many things in the business about, you know, you hear so many things about this business is such a political business that for me, I never, never had to threat or to, you know, push my way into a storyline, every single thing during the whole time, the whole year. When I won the World Tag Team Championship, the World Six Men Championship, the NWA Tag Championship, the Crockett Cup, the World Award Championship, it always came like I'm showing up at the arena. Um, I've got, you know, uh, I know I'm under a buzz. I know the crowd is buzzing. I know, uh, you know, every time that I wrestle, something special happens. Uh, but I've never, never asked anything uh, to anyone on the executive side of uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, I suggest ideas, like, uh, I'm the one who suggested, like, uh, maybe we can have a hearse, you know, and then uh, electricity and things like that. I, I did suggest ideas sometimes, but I never, if they would have, you know, sometimes if they say no for an idea, leave it there you know it just i never 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 really fought for anything it was uh how can i say that it was um 
it just flew. It just, it, it, it just, it was floating. You know, everything was floating. It was just timing, timing, timing. It just happened by itself. You know, I guess uh, there's so many things in my story that I can tell you that, uh, you know, starting the whole thing. When I told you last year, I'm sure I told you uh, being in Canada and then being asked to go to Indiana, that George Enola was there. So, you know, it's it's been like that since then, and it doesn't stop. Um, I've been through a incredible run also on a, a media run in Canada, like a crazy, crazy week where uh, without, you know, like uh, I was, I just won the title, uh, and I was on Sirius Radio and Busted Open with uh, Bully Ray and uh, David LaGregor. And, and they said, what do you want to do now as a champion? And I said, well, anything to get Ring of Honor all over the place. If the Montreal Canadiens asked me to jump the puck or anything like that, I would do that. And I, and I named a few other things. And... Uh, the vice president of marketing of the Montreal Canadiens was listening to the show. And the Montreal Canadiens decided that they were going to honor me. So I went, I did that. Then I had like a full spread in the biggest newspaper, uh, the third biggest newspaper in Canada, the Montreal newspaper. So from that full spread, I got invited on a uh, sports talk show with a former enforcer from the NHL, a guy who won like uh, six years in a row, the most popular uh, host of uh, of the province of Quebec. So I got on his show, got to choke salmon through a table. <laughs> that was seen by almost a million people uh, just on the internet, plus the 500,000 people watching live uh, the show that night. And then I got invited uh, last night. I did the most popular talk show in Canada, which they, at some points during the year, I don't know what was the ratings last night, but they got like 2 million viewers. Wow. So I, I did that last night. And and all that happens just by event after event. And just to compare with my uh, my wrestling year with Ring of Honor, it was the same same thing that happened. I didn't have to. I didn't have to call any uh, booker from the, all those TV shows. They're the biggest TV shows in in uh, Quebec and Montreal. They all called me. They all. It was all part of something that happened that made something bigger happen. And my old year with Ring of Honor was the same thing. Yeah. So it's just it's just so magical. It's just so cool because. Like I said, it's floating, you know, it's it's happening. So, uh, you know, I've, I think I've had so much adversity before. I've, I've been through so many things that I think uh, out of 100 people, I don't think, I think all those people would have quit. Seriously, uh, at, at one point, you know, at many points of, of my career where I knew where I wanted to go, it was desperate. Des I was desperate. I mean, I was asking myself, what is next? What is, what's going to come out of that? What can happen? You know, it's so bad. It was so tough. 
and uh, I, I kept on grinding and fighting and through the years, and now I feel like it's uh, pay, it's payback time, you know. Yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, I think I think everything that I've done now it's paying. That's how I look at it because I, I don't have to uh, yeah. to to fight or to negotiate for anything, you know. And uh, it's just happening like that. It's bang, 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 just. Incredible, incredible. I'm so blessed, so blessed. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Is it, um, does it offset things uh, at all that you make it to the top of Ring of Honor at a time where it's no secret that they're not at their highest right now in 2019, certainly the second half? The the audiences weren't as big, uh, some of the interest level wasn't where it was uh, a couple years before that. So does that do anything to... Um, you know, dampen the the high of of winning uh, the heavyweight championship there, or the flip side, yeah. is it extra rewarding to now uh, be part of maybe a rebuilding? And and you talked about all the interest that there is in in you. I I can't imagine that many other people who they could put the title on who would uh, draw this kind of interest. So, uh, what's it like for you winning the title for for Ring of Honor at a time where the the company is not at its height? I think it's the perfect time. I think it's, uh, you have to understand you're losing Cody, the box, uh, uh, Adam page and, and they lost the other guy, punishment, Martin, they lost tons, tons of talents last year. Uh, I knew what was brought in, you know, to, uh, you know, like to replace those guys, so to speak, you know, to, and those guys are established. I mean, they're like the Bucks. I think they've been there for 10 years. I don't know, Cody, you know, for two, three years strong. Uh, and they, they were all like together. So it was even a harder blow. Now you're taking Brody King, you're taking PCO. We're hot on the indie scenes, but, you know, it was like a, a, a huge transition, a, a change of a DNA for uh, for Ring of Honor, and I think uh, it made the company, uh, we went through some adversity, but we're all, all the talents, we're all so tight together, we're all so committed to making it, you know, uh, the best company in the world, I mean, as far as talent-wise and you know, uh, the show that we we want to produce and present. And uh, I don't know, we're looking at the year 2020, so much positive positivity. It's, um, it's incredible, seriously. I mean, uh, we've, we've had meetings uh, before uh, Final Battle. Uh, we came out with ideas. We came out as a strong group. We uh, we were there also for you know just ahead a little bit ahead of time, like uh, if you wanted a Christmas party too. So uh, it was such a such a good time. And after final battle and after final battle fallout, uh, we, we had a huge like group like 
big uh, pep talk, you know, like everybody was saying, like, 2020, 2020 will be our year, and then we have great things, and we'll show great things, and Sinclair are investing a lot of money for 2020, uh, and I think I'm the, the guy that, uh, I'm the perfect guy to be able to get on, you know, like talk shows and to get Ring of Honor on the map as much as I can. I mean, obviously now in Canada, Ring of Honor, uh, I don't think nobody heard of them as much as they did in the last month or so. Uh, We're talking about running uh, Bell Center, uh, which is like... uh, the Madison Square Garden, it's a major arena, and, uh, and I don't think we're going to put less than 10,000 people if we decide to go there. I mean, there's a lot of talk. I don't know. There's, you know, uh, around the corner, too, it's uh, Lakeland, Florida. So there's a lot of stuff up in the air, but there's a the demand for PCO as world champion in Montreal. It's so crazy right now that it would be like, you know, if you put, uh, let's say, 10 or 20,000 people in a building, uh, Ring of Honor is back to where they were when they did all in. Yeah. And it's all, it's going to be all on their ends, you know, all on their name and their and their brand and on our brand, you know. So it's not, uh, it's not something that they have to uh, split with anyone. So I think, uh, this is one big step that we have to look at and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm super positive. I mean, uh, and then for, for me to transition to something else, you know, after uh, it's gonna, we're going to need someone to, to be able to uh, carry the, everything that I've done, you know, I'm eventually, Every champion must lose, and I think that will be the perfect, uh, you know, uh, setup to give back, you know, to the business and yeah. everything that I've achieved. So, but before before that, or even if I would have to lose the title, uh, my goal is really to, you know, to. And it's really launched right now. The, the, the PC Monster Mania, we can feel it. Uh, there's not too many places that I can go have a breakfast or go to the gym without, you know, taking a few selfies, signing a few pictures. It's uh, it's getting pretty hard for me to, to move around without getting noticed. So uh, it's, uh, it's getting uh, really... Really good, really where where I wanted to be, and I think uh, things could go faster. It's just gonna need one one more or a couple more events that's gonna really makes everything explode. Yeah, should should people see uh, your rise to the title at Ring of Honor as a uh, emphatic change in direction for the company? Uh, I mean, you talked about the 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 hearse and the electricity and all that. 
Um, yeah. And that didn't sit well with, with some fans, maybe some of the fans that are used to a certain style of wrestling coming from Ring of Honor. This more on sort of the sports entertainment uh, kind of side, more along the things that yeah. you might see out of WWE. Was that intentional? And, and do you think that that is the, the right change in direction for Ring of Honor? Well, I think uh, Ring of Honor has a great style, you know, the pro, pure wrestling and all that. But why not have like a little bit for everybody? You know, if you're not a fan of pure wrestling, if you're a fan of uh, a theatrical show a little bit where you want to be entertained by something else and just holds and counter holds or, you know, just eye spots, you know, I think there's more to it. I think we have to create emotions, to create uh, feelings, to, you know, I think, uh, not all the matches, but why be all the same? So, I think the DNA will still be around what Ring of Honor was, but I think there's room uh, for a little bit something different. Now they got, like, sometimes Dan Housen. Uh, you got more character. Uh, Vinny, you know, is more like the uh, horror king, you know. Uh, you're going to have a little bit more, of course. I think it's changing a little bit. It's a, uh, I, I don't know why I, it, it just happened like that. I don't, I, I know I'm a, guy that came from you know my roots were more like WWE roots uh, but I I can like fit well with either style you know I can fit well with I can mix it up with the guys that likes to do the ROH style the pure style but uh, of course the French Canadian Frankenstein it's something like Kane, Undertaker, uh, Mankind. You know, it's a character. So that's something very different for Ring of Honor. But uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's paying off for them. I think we haven't seen it yet, but I think we'll see it in 2020. How are you feeling? I remember asking you uh, a year ago, and, and when you're talking about somebody who's getting into their 50s and, and wrestles the style that you do, uh, I think the concerns about the, the toll it'll take on your body is going to be even more elevated than with most. But even over the, the last year, is, is there a difference in uh, how, how much you, you feel it after a match, how, how long it takes to recover after a match, that kind of thing? <laughs> It doesn't take uh, it doesn't take it take a few minutes to recover. I'm I'm okay. As soon as I'm done with a match, we go. Uh, I'll go with Marty, with Brody King, with Clip. We we'll go eat somewhere, and we we'll go back to the hotel. And the next night, and I'm actually feeling better this year than I was last year. I'm in better shape. I keep improving. I keep working on different little things that I want to improve in the ring. And that's the, the, the beauty of the whole thing. It's that I realized that even at 52, I can improve. I can be better. I can be faster. I can be in better shape. I can do more. Uh, I find things that I was doing. I can, I can evolve. I can get better. And I think uh, 
I'm proving it because I'm doing things that I was not capable of doing at 30 or at 20. And I'm doing it at 52. Uh, and the thing is just to have to be uh, really uh, consistent. I always have problems pronounce that word, but very constant to be, you know, like to do it like on a regular basis. Uh, you have to be really disciplined and, and, and just be at it all the time. You know, you can't uh, skip a week or skip two. Uh, of course, sometimes with medias, there's days that you, it's hard to do something because you're booked, you're fully booked the whole day. But then the next day, you got to work, work twice as hard. And that's the thing. And also, another thing that you have to take in fact is the fact that I'm so disciplined that I, other than if I go eat with my friends after a show, and that, that will be it. You won't see me hanging out at the bar. Uh, I always go to bed early when I can. I always get a day earlier on a, uh, on a tour because I want to get in my, my bubble. I want to get in my zone. Uh, I want to make a cut from uh, what's going on at, at home. If, if I'm having a good time with my daughter or something like that, I want to be fully concentrated on wrestling. So I always have to be a day ahead of time before the tour start on the, on the city so I can start really just totally focusing about wrestling, go to bed early, and uh, get up early in the morning and train and, and do all the little things. Uh, there's so many little exercises that uh, Destro makes me do. He's a, he's a genius in the, in the workouts and wrestling. And I think uh, that's, uh, that's something that uh, was missing when I was 27 or 25. You know, the discipline wasn't as good as it is today. The dedication wasn't as good. The focus wasn't as good. And uh, certainly the, uh, you know, the satisfaction of, of living that moment and to cherish that moment, every single moment of that career that I've been having recently, I cherish every single moment of them with so much passion, so much pride, and it's so rewarding and uh I, I, I put all my heart in everything that I do, and uh, I think uh, that's what transpires through my my energy, to my vibrations, to everything that I'm sending to the crowd. I think it's uh, uh, the dedication, the passion, and the love for for this business and for what I do. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Marty Skrull, and, and the story came out recently that caught a lot of buzz about Marty... Uh, re-signing with Ring of Honor and also long-term and also maybe taking on uh, more of a hands-on approach on the creative side. And folks certainly saw it as a big coup for, for Ring of Honor to hold on to Marty Skrull. Can you talk about what you think it means for the company, um, for him to stick around and, and again, maybe have more influence both for the company and, and for you as somebody who, who is seen, I guess, as an ally of, of Marty? Yeah, of course. And I think, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a big coup. And, and it shows if Marty stayed, and I, because I could have gone too and then decided to stay, and Marty's staying, and we're, we're, it's because we believe in our wage. If not, we would have, you know, jumped boats. So uh, 
we really think we can turn things around and we will turn things around. It'll be pretty, pretty good. It'll be interesting to, to see and to watch. The thing is, it might take two, three months. Nothing seems to happen. Nothing seems to happen. But eventually, overnight, I think, some, like I said, one big event, one big something's going to happen, one big talk show, one big whatever it's going to take. And boom, and everybody will be talking about it. And uh, the, what, what's just so nice about the whole thing, it's like St. Clair, they got the resources. We got an honor club, you know, if, if we decide to go uh, live uh, every week, you know, we have already a network where people can uh, subscribe and, and, and watch, you know, uh, a weekly live program that with storyline said, and and they have like 217 TV stations, and they are buying more. And I know there's a big plan in the company. I know they know we we're not aware of everything that they're working behind the scenes, but uh, there's there's a lot of things that's gonna come out that's gonna be good. And Marty being involved in the in the creative side uh, is going to bring uh, new ideas also. So it's going to be a, a nice mix in, uh, in the show to, to have other ideas, fresh fresh ideas. And, and I think that uh, Hunter's doing a great, fantastic job. Now he's going to be still executive producer, so... I guess he's got the last word. So, and I and I think he, he deserves it because uh, he he produced so many great talents that you see now on uh, AEW or on WWE. Uh, maybe before St. Clair didn't want uh, to kind of fight back and give the amount of money that those guys were asking for. But uh, starting this year, I think uh, uh, St. Clair decided that they were going to get behind their wrestling program and, uh, and they decided they wanted to be part of the big picture. Yeah. Big picture. So part of the big conversation. And when you talk about wrestling, obviously the goal is to have the ring of honor to be brought in. What do you see uh, as the potential of the relationship with uh, NWA? And you've seen a little more crossover. You've seen Nick Alda showing up, Ring of Honor shows, uh, some Ring of Honor talent over on uh, NWA. We saw Flip Gordon at at their pay-per-view Friday night. Uh, Do you think that is a relationship that is mutually beneficial, and and how far can it go? Uh, It depends, uh, because I'm not in the office. Uh, I know... Marty and Nick, uh, they're they're both from England. They know each other very, very well. Uh, They probably got some ideas because they're they're really uh, very involved with creative on each company. So I think they want to do something very interesting. And I think uh, for me, it's a mix, a really incredible mix, but it depends. 
it has to gel together those two companies if, do they want to be be uh, seen as working together or if there's still uh, competition level between the companies who's better than who you know like I think ring of honor we got more assets I think we're we're ahead of NWA but I think NWA are doing great things but it's a matter of how the companies wants to portray themselves if they're not in competition with each other and they're willing to work together to me it makes just a an ultra big company yeah but if uh if there's that little hedge of competition there it might be tough at, well, at some points you know i think that I, only future will tell i, I think if the at one point they if nwa they didn't want to be part of uh, ring of honor anymore because they felt they didn't have the place that they should have or for whatever reason, they decided to to cut ties with our wage for a while, and now that Marty has resigned and Marty's uh, back in our wage, Marty thinks that it's great to have good, uh, you know, relationships with NWA, good relationships with New Japan Pro Wrestling, good relationships, you know, many other companies that are that we can. Uh, Mutually uh, benefits from it. I think uh, I think it's going to be good. So it, it all depends what kind of angle they want to brought that in. They want to work that in, and uh, what kind of under, understanding they have uh, between each other. That's that's a thing that I'm not aware of yet. Well, uh, you got some couple shows coming up, right? In in the Northeast, there's a big free show coming up in Baltimore, right? And and what else does uh, Ring of Honor have on the schedule? Well, uh, there's uh, Misery, there's Tennessee, uh, the end of the month. I think starting. Uh, I don't know what schedule by art, but I I know it's the uh, the show on the the ninth, uh, Free Enterprise, mm-hmm. Baltimore, UMBC Arena. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, Tennessee, uh, Nashville, and then uh, Missouri, <clears throat> and uh, the few towns there's a tour there. We'll also be going to uh, Texas for a run, the two major cities there. Uh, there's Lakeland coming out uh, soon. So there's a bunch of shows. Uh, and I think uh, business will start to really pick up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not, not to pick up, but I think, think the new things that Ring of Honor are talking about, I think maybe around uh, June, we should uh, see some new uh, new things, new uh, development on the on the side of the company. So we'll start adding dates to and uh, working more than before so uh yeah it should, it should be uh interesting to see uh how everything evolves but for sure definitely it's totally totally positive everything that's coming with a lot of i mean and 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 also uh the fans just uh when they see all the names that are going to be part 
of the show in Florida, Lakeland, uh, you can see the, the the fans saying, "Oh yeah, I was not watching Ring of Honor for a while, but now I want to. I like the new blood, I like this, I like that. There's a lot of things. Like I said, uh, as far as I'm concerned, myself, I really, really want to get the everywhere on on different talk show." Uh, Uh, big talk show in New York and LA and I, I really want to make uh, uh, Ring of Honor like a main one of the main company that everybody's talking about and, uh, and like I said running the PC Monster Mania like crazy yeah yeah well I think you're on your way uh, thanks so much I appreciate it congratulations on the title victory and everything else going on at uh, Ring of Honor and uh, look forward to, to checking it out All right, thank you very much. All right, have a good one, man. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, bye-bye.